0: Wow, great to be here. Welcome home, Mike and Joy. Great to have you here. And my special daughter, Kate, and all my grandkids. Uh, Kate is an awesome mum, six kids, and she'd have more, I think, if she could. (laughs) But she is a wonderful mum. Awesome. Well, Dave, you're right. They are a good-looking bunch. And powerful too. Who's doing the keep your love on course? Awesome. It really is amazing that, you know, we are so powerful and often we don't know it. If we will embrace and take responsibility for what's happened in our lives. Often the, the happening of stuff has done to us. But our response to what happens, if we will own that, it makes us very powerful. Sometimes life dishes up stuff that's not great. But we can either be a victim and say it's not my fault, this happened to me, that happened to me, and the other happened to me. And it's always somebody else's fault. Or we can take responsibility and become really powerful by acknowledging the sinful response that we often have to the bad things that happen because they will produce fruit and life you know, we all have our journeys, we're corporate in a sense but we're individual as well and as we go through life you know, we are faced with the things that, that have been done to us. We're faced with our upbringing. And, you know, the, the billing of this was men of steel. But I've changed it a little, little and said, men, let's be real. You know, what's in here? You know, we can put on the show. We can be something when everybody's around. But what are we on the inside when no one's seeing, when no one knows? That's who you really are. And sometimes we're afraid to go like this and say, this is me. That's a scary thing. This is the real me. Warts and all. But that's what this world needs. You know, men, there's not a man in here that doesn't want to be the best dad to his kids. There's not a man in here that that doesn't want to be, you know, all that his children want him to be and need him to be. But life, you know, have you heard the saying, you know, just get on with it. The past is the past, get on with it. And often church says that, just get on with it. There was a, a video clip, I don't know if you've seen it, by Bob Newhart. How does he? What does he say? Just stop it, stop it. Just This lady comes in and she's got all these issues. And he's before she comes in, he's in there washing his hands repeatedly. And then she comes in and he says he's charging her $5. It's a psychiatrist's office. And his answer is, She lays out all these problems that she has, and he says, just stop it. And that's his answer. And often people say that to us and our brokenness. Just stop it. Just get on with it. Just move on. Get back on the horse again and go again. But often I believe that our past is the key to our future. That if we'll look at it honestly and sincerely... And with a heart of humility, to look at the broken places in our lives, and sometimes hereditary stuff comes into play. That will, if we'll honestly look at that, it will be the key to what happens in our future. I want to just—God just is a God of order. And we know that through creation. We know that through just what we see. And the and the laws, the natural laws, govern the earth. And, and we wouldn't think to um, violate those laws. But there's also spiritual laws, and it actually doesn't matter whether you believe them or not. If we violate those laws, there's, there's circumstances, there's consequences. My son... A year ago, had a, a terrible helicopter accident where he broke his back in three places, broke both hips, both femurs in two places each, and his ankle in about 30 bits and a whole lot of ribs. And he, it was a life-threatening accident. When they found him, his bum was facing forward. It was horrendous. And, you know, the prognosis was not good. But, you know, a lot of you people have prayed for Sam and he is now walking on crutches. It's amazing. Wow. But the law of gravity was in play. We don't wake up one morning and say, well, I don't know if gravity's going to work today... We don't even think that way. Even animals know that gravity; they don't fall over cliffs unless it's something subsides. They know, in their instinct, in their what's put inside them, not to not to get close to stuff like that. But there's some laws of God that we we sometimes we think they don't apply, or we I don't know some how our thinking goes like that, but. I'll run through a few, and today I just want to help some men. I believe you know, anger is an issue that so many of us as men struggle with. And I believe the Lord spoke to my heart earlier and said, there's some that have explosive anger that just is so controlling and so scary for your family, and you wish you could get, get it dealt with there is a remedy, there is a key, there is freedom. One of the biggest things for my life, I'll just go through, some of you don't know me, but I was born of Dutch parents. They immigrated to New Zealand in '52. Um, good Catholic family, church every Sunday, whether you liked it or not. Um, fish on Fridays some of you know the know the drill catholic boarding school the whole bit 16 years of old, of age the whole lot out the window not having any more of that it was interesting when i was 15 my a good friend of mine was killed in it with a slug gun and died and i remember walking up the road after the funeral and, and just I did, I, I guess I talked to God and I felt him actually answer me back then. And, and you know, there was, I knew God was real. I knew he was somewhere. I always thought he was, had a big stick and was wanting to whop me one, you know, when I did wrong. But brought up and, as a Catholic and my dad, he was a good dad, he provided well but he didn't communicate. I don't ever remember him saying, I love you. We never, never spoke of anything of the heart or anything of intimacy, anything of how I was to relate to women, how to get on in life. His dad had died when he was eight. He had a mother that was tough. And I guess she had to be. She, they were in the war in Holland. Uma, we were scared of her as kids. She was a mean. <laughs> but, yeah, I never understood a word she said. She spoke Dutch, but I remember the words, I remember the tone of the words she spoke. And it wasn't nice. But 70 years of age, I remember us coming home as a family. We we all went to town, and Uma was at home. She stayed home for some reason. And we came back, and here she was on top of the shed, painting the shed. She was well in her 70s. She was just a goer. And the Germans had used their house as a a hospital, and um, my auntie actually carried a luger tucked into her back of her dress and it was that was pretty scary stuff and so she had to be tough i guess but the point i'm make, making there is that dad didn't know how to be a dad he provided well he was i never saw my dad drunk he never played around he loved He loved us, I knew that, but it was never spoken but in my heart there was you know there was an there was an emptiness, often the wounding of our childhood is the lack of the necessary good thing you know we all need nurture, we need love, we need encouragement, and if those things don't come there's there's a wound to the heart, and sometimes the wound is obvious. The wound can be, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, or in to- a total absentee father altogether. But as as we as we mature or as we become grow and be, if if you've surrendered your heart to the Lord. And often these areas that we seem to struggle with, and I, I know that you know the honouring of mum and dad is a huge part of of how we. Do I sound a little echoey? Is that okay? The honouring of mum and dad is huge. That life would go well, and that you'd live long. And we sort of put a qualifying on that if they deserve it. But the Word of God doesn't say that. It says, honor your mum and dad. And you might think, there's no way in God how I'm ever going to honor my mum and dad. That's an inner vow right there. But You know, honor them that they brought you life. If you can find a place to start, Because in the area that it's not going well for you, look at how you've judged your mum and dad. You know, the fruit that's in your life today, we are like a tree, truly. And that tree has fruit, and it can be good fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, and the others. It can be that fruit, or it can be the other fruit. You know, anger, addictions, tempers, all, all the bad stuff. And if we have fruit, there's a root. And often, like we said earlier with this Bob Newhart thing, it's stop it. And we can't stop it. And we trim that crop of fruit off, but we're going to get another crop. It's to the root that we've got to go where did this stuff start what was it back probably when you were quite young that started this stuff you know the wound is a wound to our spirit it's a wound to our heart and then we build around that there's bitter root judgments, bitter root expectancies and we make calls every day let me just just distinguish between what a bitter root is and a normal judgment. We make calls every single day. If it's I cross the road, is it safe? I meet a person, is this person safe for my children to be around? You make calls, and that's normal life. But a bitter root expectancy is when there's intensity of heart emotion against a person or toward a person. You are the sin that you committed against me. And when that intensity is there, it builds a, a layer of wall around that wound. And, it, and that's why the Word of God says, judge not so that you won't be judged. That's a law. The same as honor your mum and dad. And when we, when we judge... And then years later, we see stuff coming into our lives, the fruit of that. The amazing grace of God is that, you know, the law, the natural law, gravity, it's, I jump off a roof and about a second later, I'll hit the ground. It's pretty instant. The laws of God, the spiritual laws is a delay factor. And I believe that is the grace of God to allow us to repent. The keys that will get us free are confession, repentance, and forgiveness. They are the keys to set you free. But like Dave's been talking about over the last couple of weeks, just a humble heart, a meekness, is, is huge. To say, Lord, I need you. I need a humble heart to face the pain that's in my past and sometimes we'll pray later and just ask the Lord to heal your heart because some of you are thinking and saying in your heart it's too painful to go back there it's way too painful and sometimes our heart has to be healed before we can face it honestly but if we don't the cycles keep going You think about it now, right now, the areas that you struggle in. Some of you here, most of this church is gray hair, whether we like that or not. That's how it is. And so you've been through life, you know some things. But are you starting to see some patterns reproduced in your children and in your grandchildren that are in you? That gets scary. And are we willing to face that honestly to say, I don't want this to go to another generation. The law of generational sin is not a nice little word in the book. It's actually real. The anger that was in your granddad and was in your dad and now you're seeing it in you. And then your children are starting to display it as well. But you are really powerful. You might not think you are, but you are. If you will take responsibility for the sinful response that you had to the the hurtful thing that happened and own that. We all know that the terrible things that have been done to us, and some of them are horrendous. And some of them are just, they hurtful. But if we, will, we know the thing that was done, often we don't see our sinful response. What did I decide because of that thing that happened? What wall did I place around my heart to protect it? What belief did I have of myself? I must be a bad person for that to have happened. And you still believe you're a bad person when it wasn't your fault. But see, this is the fortification that we build around our, that wounded heart that has layers and layers and layers until we have a heart of stone or a heart of steel and no one can touch us. We've built such a protection around us and it's hard to get at. And it's only you as you surrender that to Christ. As we surrender that to him, he will come and help us. But it will take courage and it will take honesty to go back and face that. If there's no issues, great, move on. But I know in my own life, as I've the further I've gone on, the more mum and dad issues come up. I had a situation probably a year, year and a half ago, I guess, where my son went to Rarotonga with an older guy and his wife, and it just hurt my heart. I just thought, oh, that should have been me. And I was just, you know thinking about that and the Lord just spoke to my heart and he said you did exactly the same thing when you were 16 we'd moved to Hastings from Taranaki and I was another family had moved just previously from that I'd known from over there and I hung out with them all the time and anything went, there were no boundaries there was no direction it was whatever just it was free and loose and it must have really hurt my parents to have me choose that family over my own family and I'd never seen it I did not have a clue until the Lord said you did exactly the same and the amazing thing was when I repented to mum and dad who have both gone and repented to the Lord to the depth that I knew, my son rang me that very afternoon and just poured his heart out. That's how real this stuff is. The spiritual laws that we live by are to protect us. God is not a party pooper. He knows how, how much it's going to hurt us when we break these laws but he will never, ever, ever, ever violate our free, our free will to choose. And that, gives you, that makes you really powerful. You have the ability to choose. In you know? the areas, it just, I just can't get over that scripture, honour your mum and dad, that life would go well and you'd live long. That's an amazing blessing. But in what areas is is life not going well for you? Are you willing to look at, maybe you've dishonoured your mum and dad? I used to judge dad in all sorts of areas. He didn't do this and he didn't do that. But then I started to see I was doing the same to my own kids. I was so concerned about my, the behaviour of my children that I missed their heart. The behaviour was the whole deal, you know, just so they looked right. I wanted to do the best for them. I was doing all I could do with what I had. But looking back, that's what I saw. forgiveness is such a big deal you know the heart really is everything we start forgiveness as a choice you know people hurt us and there's probably not one person in here that hasn't been hurt by someone to one extent or another often so deeply that it's even difficult to even think about that person But it's you that is influenced and affected by that unforgiveness. The bitterness of our heart affects us, and it's when we open the open our heart and let them go. It's you that's set free. I remember this person hurt me really badly. And you know how you pray and say, Lord, bless them. And that scripture, thereby heaping coals of fire on the head. And I was doing the good Christian thing. I was praying for them. And the Lord just spoke into my heart and said, no, you really bless them. And I fell on my knees and there was a groan that came out of my spirit for them. And I truly wanted to bless them. And something changed in here. Really. But it's a willingness to face that stuff. It's a willingness to go to the heart. Out of the heart come the issues of life. It's with the heart we believe. It's the heart we forgive. We may start with this in a willingness, but it has to get to this. Forgive from the heart. Even our giving is from the heart. What's the Lord say? You can give the whole world, but if it hasn't come from here. He's, he wants to get to the heart. He wants to get to the heart of who we are. I remember a young man, we counseled in Hong Kong. He came, he was getting married, he's 35 and full time Christian ministry. And he said, oh, I've been with a few ladies and um, five of them had abortions that we agreed together. And he was, you know, he was as repented as he knew how to be about that, but thought, well, everybody does the same. The conviction of the Lord came on that man And he thought he was going to die. He saw what he had done. Not from a sideways perspective, but from a heavenly perspective. That he had taken the life of five children and consented in their murder. And the Lord took him to, he showed him the sex of each child and for him to name each child while it was, it was intense and horrendous for him, it was the most beautiful thing I've seen. Just to have that depth of repentance. We often get so flippant with our sin. You know, especially sexual sin. The world has such a perverted view of it, but what an amazing gift that it is that God would give us the ability two people in a loving relationship committed in marriage to create another life. And that's a holy thing. John Sanford calls it calls and speaks about the glory of marital sex. It's a wonderful thing. But the world has such a perverted Insight into it that it's all about self, it's all about taking. And it's as we, you know, and wrapped up in that, you know, I was one of those people that had reckless sexual experiences before I was married. And it had, there was so much dishonour to the woman the parents of the woman, to my parents, it just if, if you'll allow your heart to explore that, you can see where repentance has to go. You know, it's not enough to take the Jesus pill and, and having done the walk and said the prayer and then carry on with your life. Are we willing to surrender our life to say, Jesus, I want all of you there's something about how God wants our intensity. He wants all of us to love him with our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. All of our being to love him like that. It's not a a Sunday deal or a part-time thing. And he, he hides himself almost deliberately. The prodigal son is a typical picture of that where... Both those sons were with the father, but they neither of them knew his heart. One was rebellious and went off with his money and blew it and then came back humbly and to be restored. The other brother had no clue about his heart. He was there doing all the stuff, doing the church stuff, but he had no idea of the heart. he didn't know his dad and the Lord I think he does that almost on purpose. He wants us to know him. But it's not just, hi dad, here I am, coming and going. It's that, that closeness of seeking him to knock, to ask, to keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking, to push in with a fervency to know him. He responds to that. When we were up in Alaska a couple of years ago, I was so encouraged with a group of people that came to the seminar, um, Indian, local Indian people. The brokenness in that group of people was astounding. There wasn't one woman that hadn't been sexually abused, and there were, there were women there that couldn't stand to be touched. And they made that known, do not touch me. Don't touch me. But the Lord brought healing. And for the first time that I've seen, men stood up and said, I was abused as a child and I went on to abuse my nieces. And they stood up and confessed that. And that, these were leaders in the Christian community. And the amazing thing was that the women there were so willing to forgive and healing could come because these men owned their stuff. You know, half the power of sin is in its secrecy. But when the, when the pain outweighs the shame, we'll come. I just encourage us this, this morning. It may not be a very exciting Father's Day message, but it's a message of the heart. Are we willing to face our own heart? That's it's about just being real. Who we really are. God knows who you are anyway. He knows all the stuff that's gone on. He just, but he won't violate that choice that we have. He won't violate and bulldoze you into a situation. But he's waiting for you to come and say, I need help with this. Would you help me unpack it? Would you help me to deal with my dad issues, my mum issues? Especially where they're rolling over and starting to affect the next generation?" I just want us to pray this morning. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I'm just going to ask you to be honest. And I want to pray with you and just ask that the Lord would touch your heart in the area of your woundedness, in the area where, where brokenness has is starting to roll down your family line in the same areas. That you'd have the courage to seek someone out to help you. Come and talk. I'll be here afterwards, and, and the leaders of this church know of people that can help you. Sometimes we need someone to help us unpack it. Sometimes we can do it on our own by just saying, Lord, you know, the, the fruit is obvious. Take me to the root that's not so obvious. The root is hidden, and the devil loves to keep it that way. He likes to keep it hidden. He likes to keep it covered. He likes to keep it still functioning but unseen. The enemy is there to kill, to steal, and destroy, and he'll do it any way he can. But your courage and your choice can break that. Lord, this morning I just lift every person here to you. Lord, I ask that you would touch those areas of woundedness of the heart where that structure has been built around that has judged those that have hurt us but then we've judged ourselves for being somehow our fault or somehow the sin that has got around us, has disqualified us forever being useful in ministry or in your service. And the enemy has reinforced that. This morning, Lord, I just ask that you would break that off every heart. That you would set the captives free. That the cross of Christ would come between every broken heart and the enemy's lies. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you bring comfort? Would you bring healing? Would you bring courage to every heart to face those areas that have been hidden, but we also know that we're living out of them? It's having an effect. Lord, help us to know that repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of conduct. Come, Lord. Can we stand together? If there's some men in here that it's going to take some courage to do this, that explosive anger is a real issue in your life, you really hurt people when that goes off. But if you're willing to face that, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but I'm going to be at the front, and so are some of the leaders. And if you'd like to come afterwards, just feel free to come. We call anger a stink finder. It's not necessarily... That's not the whole deal. That's not the root Often, It's what's under that. What has caused that? What protection mechanism have you put in place with that anger? And it's not limited to men only, but there's a few men here that I'd love to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. If you want to come, you feel free to come. If you want to make that a public declaration of that, if you don't know the Lord this morning, you've never known him, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago. He did that for you. But he's waiting your response. If you know that you need him in your life, that you need a saviour, that you want to turn away from your sin, I encourage you to come. I'd love to lead you through to Christ. He loves you. He is a good God. Yes. He really is. Yes. He's got a life for you of purpose and destiny. He can heal your broken heart. But don't do it half-heartedly. Do it with a full heart and say, I'm surrendering my life to you. If that's you this morning, why don't you come? I'd love to pray with you.